nobody's bored anymore. And I think boredom leads to the ability to think, like create mindfulness because you're thinking about what's actually going on in your head. Welcome to the My Fitness Podcast. We're live here in Lakeville, Minnesota. We're here with DJ Hillier. Yep. And uh, we're also here with Kyle Spears, who's my coach I've been working with for the last three and a half years and competed with on a couple different teams. And so we're going to sit down with him and pick his brain about uh, fitness and um, maybe some knowledge bombs. We'll see kind of what comes up tonight. But uh, the first thing, Kyle, welcome to the show. Thank first you. guest. Thanks for having yeah. me. Thanks, yeah, man. you bet. Um, so first, Kyle, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your background when it comes to fitness? Yeah, so um, I started, I found CrossFit, um, was pretty much the start of my fitness kind of endeavors um, while I was in the Marine Corps. I uh, got out of the Marine Corps, um, started coaching group classes. Um, I started a gym, went to another gym. Um, some people wanted me to write, start writing individualized programming, started writing some individualized programming for them um, for about two years. And then I, uh, I got hired on down at Training Think Tank. And uh, then recently I separated from them and now I'm kind of doing my own thing. Sweet, so. man. So tell us a little bit about what is individualized programming? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, so individualized programming, um, We so you write a design uh, based off of what the individual's goals are um, to kind of help them structure, have a structure towards reaching those goals a little bit more. Cool. So what? who are your kind of clientele? Like, who are you working with? Yeah, right now I'm working with uh, kind of a lot of people. I have anywhere from... Um, you know, 45 year olds who just kind of want to stay in shape and use it to kind of supplement some of the things they do on the weekends, hiking, um, golfing, tennis. Um, I've actually started to find I've kind of got a larger population of coaches, um, helping them just kind of like dissect what, what it is they need to work on specifically. And for them, it's kind of finding like, um, a little bit more balance in their life and finding time for them. Um, and then I have athletes as well that are um, pretty competitive in the open, um, and some DJs a team athlete. So, um, you know, at regionals, competing at regionals. So that's cool, man. That's pretty badass. I think Chris, like we, Chris and I do a lot of personal training stuff. So we spend a lot of time like on the floor, and maybe Kyle does a little bit more, you know, in front of a computer. So it's just different ways to kind of reach people. Yeah, but Kyle, you've you've had years and years and years of, you know, stomping up and down gyms and, you know, taking people through fitness routines. Yeah. So it's like it's from that experience that right. you can now like lay it into a computer format and yeah but you're yeah. still skyping, you're still Yeah. Like, that's what I want to know about. Yeah, so like my big my big thing is like I'm a very visual person. I'm a visual learner. Um, so I ask for a lot of videos from people. Um, DJ can attest to that. He's starting yeah, to film yeah, for a sure. lot more <laughs> yeah. this year. Uh, we actually like kind of dissected some of his burpees while I was in town and his double unders a little bit more um, from from the videos. Um, so I'm a big video person. Like I gained a lot of knowledge from movement-wise from coaching group classes, and then I can kind of start to apply that a little bit more Um from an individual or like from a remote setting uh, via videos and like kind of some queuing via videos. And then if I ever need to like go a little bit more in depth with somebody, like I'll try and jump on a phone call with them and kind of like describe a little bit better of what I was talking about. Yeah, that's um, cool, man. Yeah, so we've gotten I've one girl um, I have who's like, uh, she never played sports growing up or anything. She came to me with the goal of getting muscle up. Um, within, I think, like six months, she got a muscle up and then. Uh, we started working on her clean. Um, I think she had like 120 
five pound clean when we started. And within, I think, three or four months, she was already up to 185 pounds. Oh, so, awesome. and that was all like remote coaching, remote cueing. Um, so it's possible. It's, it's so work. The right? athlete just has to have the equipment, the means, or you ask them, hey, what equipment do you have access to? Yeah, or what I, gym are you in? Yeah, I'll ask them what equipment they have access to. And so let's do this. Let's go through the cycle. So let's say somebody approaches you and yeah. they want to work with you. What? How do you go from start to assessment finish? Like, what does that whole cycle look like if you get in a, a call saying, hey, can I work with you? What do you, what do, you do? Yeah, so um, we'll just set up a consult date then. And in the consult, I'll kind of like, that's my time to find out who they are as an athlete, kind of figure out who they are as a person because um, I'm big into like lifestyle coaching as well. Um, and then kind of what their goals are. We'll, we'll dive like pretty deep into what their goals are. Um, talk about like reporting results and like the communication that we'll have. Um, and then uh, like part of my little section is just like, what equipment do you have? Like salt bikes, rower skiers, like, and then outside of the like CrossFit equipment, like what, what else do you have? Sleds, strongman stuff, mm-hmm. everything like that. And then, That'll give me a list, and from that list, I can just start writing designs. Sometimes I forget and like put stuff in there that they don't have. But sure. so, what have you found that is the biggest like challenge when you're not seeing these people all the time, and you're working with people across the country or even across the world? What's the challenge for you? Um, I think like in person, you can get a little bit more in depth with things. Like obviously, you saw from when I was in town today, you can kind of get some hand like hands on is always beneficial, and you can see a little bit more from a closer video um i think breathing mechanics is like the big thing right now Mm -hmm. um that's my is like a challenge for me to kind of coach from afar um it's like it's tough to to kind of yeah for me it's tough to coach that with without like kind of like feeling somebody out or Mm -hmm. like showing them proper breathing positions inside a specific movement so awesome um well chris and i do a lot of athletic team training and um so we had a couple questions about that so do you want to kind of dive into some of that well one of them is okay so if most of your coaching is kind of geared towards the crossfit athlete Mm -hmm. how do you and let's say you have somebody come at you like i just want to be athletic yeah i don't i'm not a crossfitter but i want to train athletic in your opinion like what is the major differences between like athletic training and crossfit training yeah uh a simple answer to that question would I would say like power output, um, okay. the ability to be like explosive. Um, I think CrossFit's a little bit more of an enduring sport. So if somebody's looking to be a little bit more athletic, I think just driving their power output numbers up, getting them as strong as possible, like especially in the Olympic lifts, um, and then doing a lot of plyometric work. Um, if that's what they're looking for athletic wise, that's probably what I would give them. And then like teaching them how to control their body. So um, cars, um, would be a good example of that. I don't know if you guys follow Kin Stretch on mm-hmm. Instagram, but yeah. like using that to start trying to help them understand how to control their body and their joints a little bit more would be something that I would throw I, in. Maybe. I actually don't know that. Okay. So yeah. So uh, I think it's like uh, Andres. Uh, I'm in, well, what is the concept? of? Yeah. The concept is like controlling your joints at end ranges of motion. Um, okay. And so I've actually been using this with people. Um, this is a progression that DJ has been doing, mm-hmm. um, but I've been using. Um, it so, sounds, is this Broga? Broga. Broga, bro. Yeah, I've gotten to some classes down in Atlanta, and it's like it's legit. Like, <laughs> all right, well, I just, yeah, this is new. Are you, are you uh, plugging this? It's right good now? stuff, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's good stuff. 
So I, I've been, one of the big things with double unders that we see is like people's inability to control their wrists, right? So um, the up and down movement of the wrist, like the neurological connection just isn't there. So I've been giving people um, like wrist cars before they go and do their double under work. And I think it just helps to create a better neurological pathway um, and really focus on the finite movement that's required for the double unders. Um, I have one guy out in New York that I'm giving this to right now. And with like, within like the first two sessions, his double unders have already improved. Mm. So, okay. um, yeah, I think just like stuff like that, like with, with helping to like understand how to control the body, better sprint mechanics is something, another thing that I would. So I got a little of a, a sidebar question yeah. um, with, with just talking about controlling the body. Um, do you pay much respects to like, you know, you've heard of like the joint by joint approach. You've heard, you ever heard of this? Like each mm. joint has kind of like its own like duties. Okay. Like the foot should be stable. The yeah. ankle should be mobile. And then you go up the body. It's like stable, mobile, stable, mobile all the way up the body. Okay. So like, what could you say about like, we talked about this earlier. It's like position. Like how do you coach position versus like. I guess, is it a mobility issue or is that definitely a stability issue? Just in respects to like the squat, if you will. Are you saying like, um, like if someone has like a butt wink at the bottom of their squat, oh, okay, yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah. that in some circles of the physical therapy coaching world would say, okay, well that's lack of core stability and the core can't stay tight. Yeah. And I the, mean, or the hips are too tight. Yeah. One of the two. So like, this is like kind of the common theme going around right now, but yeah, I think it's, it's like it's person, person dependent, right? So like if we have some dude who's like uh, oversympathetic, like constantly stressed out, like can bend over and touch his kneecaps and is like 12 inches away from his toes and like uh, has yeah. like poor tissue length, then we can probably say that it's like he needs to like a get himself into a parasympathetic state and like lengthen his tissues a little bit more before and that will probably help to improve his squat mechanics um whereas like let's say we have you know uh 30 year old melissa who's been doing yoga her whole life and she comes in and has a butt wing like it's probably a little bit more stability issue for her so i think it's like person dependent and kind of like knowing the person's background and kind of seeing um where they've been in the past that might have led them up to this point and how do we rewind or rework the things okay. that have happened in the past leading up to this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. the past can dictate a lot, right? I mean, that's kind of oh the first gosh. things that we're asking people like, when they come in the gym is, you know, what's your background? If, if I haven't done CrossFit before, well, like, what sport did you do? You know, I mean, that can tell you a lot about who a person is. Yeah, or, or when did they find exercise? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, this could be, <laughs> this could lead to a lot. I mean, like, durability sometimes takes years and years and years to yeah. really get whereas you know you come new to the sport um you might see awesome gains but you're you're brittle you know yeah. you're not yeah. worn you don't have that athlete right. know, wear and tear on you, you right know, and, well in the and, same sense like you could be an athlete and you could have that wear and tear yeah. on you and you could be just as brittle as the person right the you're, person you're, just you're about yeah. one uh bad movement away from uh, <laughs> yeah. l4 l5 yeah. or, <laughs> Which, yeah, it happens. So, um, a lot of the listeners is going to be a kind of our members here. So, mm-hmm. if you were to just, um, you know, something that we talk a lot about is is mobility with our members. Is there any like low hanging fruit or just some things that maybe you tell some of our members about? Like, gosh, 
you know, they want to get more mobile and maybe don't know what to do. Is there just some pieces of advice that you talk about with mobility on our, in our members? Yeah. Um, I think first thing like, um, that not a lot of people understand is like central nervous system tone, right? So we have the sympathetic nervous system tone or flight or fight or flight. And then we have the parasympathetic rest and digest. Um, and so I've found that people are actually a little bit more responsive to movement work if they're in a parasympathetic state. Um, what we can do to control that is like breathing work, um, mostly nasal breathing so that we're actually breathing through our diaphragm. If we're chest breathing or breathing through our mouths, we're activating our sympathetic nervous system, um, which is just driving tension up in the body. Right. Um, so first thing is probably like looking at the trying to like activate your parasympathetic state a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um and then from there, it's kind of, you know, whatever that individual needs, like we discussed before, is it lengthening the tissue? Is it creating stability in the joints? Um, so kind of simply said, you're basically looking at, is this person in fight or flight during move, certain movements? Is what um, I wouldn't say certain movements. Like if we're talking specifically for uh, like increasing mobility, unless they're say they're coming in for a mobility session right. only, or they're at the end of the workout and they're like, I need to get my shoulder flexion better, yeah. like get my overhead position better. Yep. Like that's when we want to be in the parasympathetic state or bring us back down into a okay. parasympathetic state so we can actually create better changes in the body. Um, if you're, you know, uh, doing a sprint on the bike and then like breathing super heavy through your mouth and you go and fucking crank on your shoulder on a band, it's not probably not going to create sure. much change in the body or it's, mm-hmm. and it's probably just going to create a more of a sympathetic uh, tone in the yeah, body. your body's already kind of tense. It's already shutting it's, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's not going to like ranges. all of a sudden release. Right, and, and right. Give you all this added mobility or yeah, mm-hmm. yep, yep. So I wouldn't say it was like parasympathetic from movement to movement. It's more so in regards to like the actual mobility session that you're that Fair you're doing. Enough. Yeah, that's cool, man. But uh, treat them separately. Yeah, I would totally treat them separately. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. I think something I learned from you, Kyle, is just basically is how to cool down from sessions. That's yeah. been a really big thing for me. And I've tried to incorporate that too in the gym. And this is kind of a side note from what we had written down, but can you explain maybe the importance of after, um, you know, our moms and dads do a CrossFit workout, uh, balls to the wall and then driving their car and go home? Like what, what is that really doing to their body? Um, and kind of explain that process a little bit. Yeah. So, um, first I'll start with like the central nervous system toning in, right? So like you get done with the workout, you're like, your heart beats at 199 BPM and you get up off the floor when it cools down to like 175, you put your shirt on, you walk out the door, you get yeah. in your car. Yeah. You, gotta, yeah. you, you see it all the time yeah. too, yeah. right? Go to Chipotle. Go to Chipotle. Yeah. That's exactly, yeah. So, uh, what essentially what you're doing in that's in, um, in that say is you've literally just put your body through a stress response where it thought it was dying. And then you leave the gym and your body still thinks that it's dying. Um, so it's going to drive tension up. It's going to drive, I think it's going to drive anxiety levels up. Um, I don't really know of any evidence or studies to support that, but I think it drives anxiety levels up. Um, I think it uh, messes with your sleep, especially if you're working out this late at night, right. 6.30, 7.30. Sure. It's going to like, you're going to be wired till probably 12 o'clock. Um, and then, um, yeah, the biggest thing is like tension, driving your tension levels up. So if you can get done with the workout this, like, especially this late at night, 6.30, 7.30, and you can cool down um, properly. Uh, I'm partnered with uh, Lauren Polvica from um, RPR. 
Um, and her big like thing is like, don't leave the gym looking like your last rep. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, so like, yeah. so do you have a do you have a prescribed cooldown that you give to people? I wouldn't say it's a prescribed cooldown. I would probably look at what the workout is. Yeah. Like, if, as a general rule of thumb, I'd be like, if it's heavy upper body movements, um, like upper body pressing, upper body pulling, then we'd want to kind of like do something to reactivate those tissues and put the body back in place for those tissues. It's lower body, same thing. Do some lower body activation. Mo- um, almost most definitely like glute and hamstring, posterior chain activation. Um, I'm a big fan of getting people on the bike, eyes closed, nasal breathing for like 10 to 20 minutes. Mm. Um, I think that that's like, A, it'll give you some alone time. Mm-hmm. And then B, it'll activate like diaphragmatic breathing. Right. And it so seems like sure. people just forget that, right? They want to yeah. get done and they get the hell out of here. And I know I know you're short on time, but well, how much could it help you for the next day, it, it right? It could be literally, you know, a lot of people treat exercise as a check the box thing. You know, like, oh, I got my workout in today. I'm out of here. I ya. put it on Instagram. Right? <laughs> and check the box. I'm good. And now, now it's the next thing. It's like a next task thing. And they're not looking at it from a wellness standpoint, mm-hmm. which I think you're really trying to get people to understand is like, you yeah. want to be elite performance. You got to maybe look at, all right, how are you treating your body, you know, from a wellness standpoint yeah. now on the cool down and the recovery? And yep. So. Yep. I mean, that's just, it's just going to keep you in the game longer. Sure, um, yeah. Like, especially from, uh, if you're looking at it from um, an athletic standpoint, like, uh, if you want to have longevity in this sport, you have to cool down and uh, mobilize. Like, there's no if and or, and w- constantly be working on your positions. There's like no if yeah. and or buts about it. Like, mm-hmm. I messed myself up by not doing that, and yeah. now I'm doing it, and uh, my positions are improving, and I'm actually like healthy and competing in the sport again. So, well, you know what? The the ones that have really stayed in this the test of time you see that a mm-hmm. lot of they have those practices they have yeah. that that discipline yeah and they're the, usually the ones that move the best too right yeah i mean you look at the top uh four i can't remember who finished at the game fifth of the games but top four are all very good movers mm-hmm. frazier valner yeah. uh Fukowski and Noah are all pretty good movers for yep. the sport right um and even ben smith when he won in 2015 i mean ben ben was one of the best movers in the sport Mm -hmm. and um you know the efficiency in the movement plays dividends in the workout right so um here's a question for you so if you were going to lay out like here are my strength principles yeah you know i i always say this little quote i always say methods are many principles are few Methods often change, but principles never do. Yeah. So principles on strength, what are your go-to kind of like first thing? This is what needs to be established to yeah. get somebody strong. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to pull it back to the central nervous system. Oh, God. <laughs> you're, you're going here a lot. Yeah. I like it. Uh, So looking at their central nervous system, whether it's uh, in a state for adaptation or not in a state for adaptation, so whether they're burnt out or they're young enough or they're in a good good kind of mindset or um, their central nervous system is primed enough to adapt to training, um, then we'll take a step back and we'll kind of look at the athlete, right? So just real quick, how do you you want, how do you know that? That's going to be a lot more like bio biofeedback. So okay. are they sleeping well? Do they have an appetite? 
okay. morning, stuff like that. So nice. the biofeedback bio will give you a better idea of that. You can start to see it in like inside their feedback as well um, in their blog posts. Like you can start to see them kind of getting run Because you have and, them say, hey, you're basically you know telling them, how did you feel after this workout? Yeah, how did you feel? And you have like, questions? Yeah, some of the feedback that they can give. So like uh, some people will like didn't sleep well one night. Mm-hmm. And if you kind of like pay attention to that, you'll see a trend like, okay, like, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they're Got training it. pretty hard. And on Friday, they're and Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they're not sleeping well. So like maybe we need to go back and readjust some of these days and give them a little bit lower intensity, lower volume on like a Tuesday or make it like a moderate or an easy day. Um and you can kind of just see that in some of the language that they use inside the blog posts and some of the um, biofeedback sleep that they kind of give you in the in the blog posts. So okay. or in their results, I guess. Cool. All right, staying laser focused on the strength <laughs> yeah. principles here. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. You look good, man. Yeah. You're staying, you're <laughs> usually, staying focused. Usually, like usually I'm, it's all over, I'm man. so off. Yeah. Like you would have led me down a rabbit yeah, yeah. hole. Then you would have talked about. I would have been like, "Hey, is there any beer in the fridge?" <laughs> Okay, go ahead. Continue. <laughs> um, so then we need to like take a step back, or so once we have kind of like look at that, then we need to look at um, who is the athlete, right? So are they a little bit more slow twitch muscle fiber dominant? Are they a mix? Are they more fast twitch muscle fiber dominant? And then that'll dictate kind of the methods and the protocols that we use for that athlete. Um, so that's kind of like where I, I guess, would say my strength principles lie um wow. in regards to how to get somebody stronger did that answer the question that that did but okay. I, I was i was thinking you were going to go a different route yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? but that makes sense though i mean you don't you can't really give an answer until you know what kind of background they have or you know this type one type two muscle fiber you know you're talking about a, a long distance runner that's coming in here because they're gonna have a different protocol oh, sure. than a football player right yeah. so i think i think in a sense that's what kyle's kind of saying that you got to start from there in order yeah. to build it's all like everybody's different and it's all about finding who that person is and then trying stuff, seeing if they respond to it well. Um, for example, like DJ responds really well. Like we could give him a strength po- protocol of like uh, four to five reps, give him a strength protocol for like a month, bring him down to like heavy signals for like another two weeks. And he'd be probably snatching 275 again within seven weeks. Whereas like some of my other guys, I need to put them at like 10 RMs to um, elicit any sort of central nervous system adaptation to that weight. And then we got to run that for like six weeks just to try and get them, um, get their tissues adapted to that weight. So it's it it's just like really dependent on the person um, and kind of what they're responding to best. Right. But, you, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was, I, but I was going to say, but it, it's all void if you're like your central nervous system is not in the right right place. Sure, so, so it always comes back to this central yeah. nervous system. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's really good. And I think yeah. that's good for other people to hear is they haven't been coached on that, nor right. do they even think that fitness relies in that realm. Right. You know, it's it's more like, how, what's the what do you got to get rid of this? Yeah. What do you get, you yeah. know, and I'm pointing at my abs right now, you know, like, how do I get rid of this one little thing right here? How right. do I get rid of back fat? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I mean, that's true. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, that's the, where they're coming to on fitness. Right. They're and, not coming to, hey, how do I get my breathing right? Right. But I mean, like, if you, so like, if you take a step back from that, it's like, well, what, what does your lifestyle look like? And so like, when anytime somebody comes into me with like, um, I mean, I think it's important for athletics as well, but anytime somebody comes into me with like, uh, any sort of like, hey, I just want to be healthy type goals, 
Um, lifestyle is the biggest thing that I'll coach with them. Are you sleeping eight hours a night? What's your nutrition look like? Um, are you taking any time for yourself daily? 20 minutes, five to 20 minutes daily, just like sit there with in your own thoughts and create some mindfulness. Um, I think all those things are super important for just general health. So mm. that's awesome. That is cool, man. Um, but just one more thing on the strength thing before we move on. Have you noticed any sort of trends or anything that you've picked up on with when it comes to age? I mean, we have a lot of kind of, you know, your, our, I think our average age is in their forties here at my five, probably 40 years old, I would say. Yeah. 40. Have you noticed anything like with age and strength training? Like, is there, um, any sort of protocols or principles that you've noticed? I, I don't know. You don't train people maybe that old, but that you've noticed as people get older. Um, yeah, I mean, I've only been in the game for, uh, like five years now, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, one of one of my old athletes was a hyper responder to strength work. She was in her thirties. So, um, another guy that I coach is like forty five, um, or sorry, forty six. Um, he was he's just strong as fuck for his age range. So we just try and do like more maintenance work with him. He needs a little bit more work on skills. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if I can really answer yeah. like any trends that I've seen. Sure. Um, I don't think I'm. I, just, I got a good question for yeah. you. <laughs> who okay you got to answer this one first who is someone that you don't want to train that i don't um i mean somebody that doesn't listen sucks that just sucks. Uh, yeah <laughs> right right to work with them and then who is your best client uh Anyone that listens, honestly, like DJ is fucking awesome. Like yeah. he, <laughs> Tight. Nice. Nice, bro. yeah. yeah. If you like, if you I can get... see that though. He's pretty disciplined. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you give DJ something, he will do it. And he's like, uh, he's evolved as a person, as an athlete, and he's grown. Um, you know, if he's not feeling something, this—I mean, this took a long time yeah, to put, no like, instill in his head was. Uh, if you're not feeling it, like, you don't need to do it. Just because it's on paper, it doesn't mean it's like it's going to make you adapt. You know, like if you slept four hours the night before and you come in and you're, you know, you hit your clean and jerks and you're like, that's all man, I got. the rest of this day is just going to go like shit. Right. Just stop. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you're going to adapt to the clean and jerks, but you're sure as fuck not going to adapt to the rest of the stuff that's going on in that session. Yeah. So, and it, it took a while for him to stop feeling guilt about kind of missing stuff on paper. But, um, you know, he's grown a lot as, as an athlete and as a coach and he can, he understands that. Now. Do you have that open communication with, you know, most of your people, like tell them that, like, you know, like give them that information. Yeah. Like be able to talk to me, be able oh, to yeah. tell me, yeah, I you mean, know, Hey, yeah, I try to keep as much like open dialogue <laughs> yeah. as possible. And like, I'll ask them kind of like, you know, what's going on in their life. That's and, good. Like, yeah. Um, you know, that can be very tough, right? I mean, yeah. sometimes I have no idea what's going on at home with people that I'm training totally, and yeah. turns to find out that, you know, Oh, Hey, by the way, I'm getting a divorce. Right. Oh, Hey, by the way, <laughs> I had a family member die. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, by like, the way, you know, like this is bothering me. Totally. You know? Yeah. So, and like some of that's like outside of your control and it's outside of their control. And like, you know, some, some of the stuff that happens in life is just, it happens and you're going to have to probably go through some tough, tough periods inside the gym. And you might not create a lot of adaptation, but um, at least you as a coach know and you can write their design a little bit more, uh, dial it back a little bit during that time period for right. them. And you're talking to your clients too. I mean, you t- we, we talk almost every day. So I think yeah. that's what, I mean, that's probably what it takes is to have that daily communication. Yeah. Otherwise, if you lose contact with them, then right. Right, you don't really know what's going on in their life. Right. Is that kind of what you say too? Yeah, th- and that's like, like 
because I coach from a more of like a lifestyle perspective, um, I like to respond to all my clients' blog posts, get an idea of where they're at in life, where their head's at. Um, And I think that's probably a little bit different. I think it definitely creates like a little bit more work for me, but um, I just don't like to lose touch on what's going on in their life. It helps me kind of like uh, feel out what I need to give them at any given time. So Okay, cool. Um, Here's a question for you. So, what do you think? And I know we know the answer is individual. You know, <laughs> before you, know, you say that shit, before you even clear that up. Like, if if you're talking with the average, you know, you know, suburban, you know, our members, people yeah. who live down and around Lakeville, Minnesota. Yeah. Um. What What would you find more important? Strength or more cardio style workouts? Um, I don't know if this is going to go down the individualized route, but I think it would be a little bit more dependent on what their goal is. So do they come in and they're like with a goal that is I want to be healthier? Um, if that's the case, then I would probably give them the opposite of what they already are. So like if it's a strong ass yeah, dude coming in, yeah. I would probably give them a little bit more aerobic work. If it's, you know, um, again, we'll just use like a, a person who's been doing yoga for their entire life. They come in. Um, yoga and like marathon running, we'll say I would probably give them a little bit more strength. So I, I would play a little bit like kind of like give them what they haven't touched in their life essentially. Um, or, but if somebody just coming in for like a goal of like, you know, I want to be healthy, I'd probably err a little bit more on the side of like, uh, aerobic work. Um, and just like making sure that they're strong enough to perform, you know, basic human functions, pull up, air squat. They have the stability to perform an air squat, picking up a bar. Basically what CrossFit has kind of defined as fitness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. I think that segues too to another question we want to talk about is like, <clears throat> is athletes goals in general? So how do you how do you deal with a client that maybe either doesn't know what their, their goals want to be or what's your process in finding goals? And maybe just talk, elaborate on how goals play a role in individualized training. Yeah, Um so they're definitely like uh, they're definitely important. Um, I think like uh, sorry. <laughs> you know what? You know what is interesting is there's a lot of pre- this is a lot, this is a hot topic in the industry right now. Yeah, yeah. Is like I I just got this behavior change certification. Okay. Through the yeah. National Academy of Sports Medicine. Yeah. And I found out that basically. If you can get people to think about what they're thinking about, yeah, they can zero down what they really want or want to accomplish. Yeah, or they're, they're basically their why. You've heard right. that. that was, like, yeah, it's like figuring out your why. Like, yeah. why are you here? Are you here for wellness? Are you here for vanity? Yep. In a way, are you here for you know some other goal? Yeah. And if you can just ask the right questions, these open-ended questions, so yeah. to speak, and and narrow it down. And there's processes, and and you can get all sorts of you know sheets and screens and assessments sure. and stuff like that. But mm. like, this is a hot topic in the industry. Yeah, it really yeah. Is like I think goal and setting and yeah, I think um, yeah. So that was kind of like uh, the route that I go down now is like more so than your goal, like. A lot of people come to come to you with like a goal of like I want to qualify for regionals, mm-hmm. and um, you know you ask them, well, why do you want to qualify for regionals? And they're like, 
just want to qualify for regionals. And they just, they don't know. And I think, like, a lot of the time... Rich Froning did it. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. yeah, I want yeah. free Reebok. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, a sponsor, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I, I, you know, those are super, I think those are pretty superficial, like, sure. reasons. And, like, um, I think there's definitely, like, an underlying meaning to that. And I think one of the biggest problems in today's society, especially with, like, cell phones and social media, is n- nobody's bored or anymore and i think boredom leads to the ability to uh think like create mindfulness because you're thinking about what's actually going on in your head kind of like what you were just talking about so they never really come down to the root cause of why they actually want something and so that's kind of when i'm talking about goals with individuals um i really try and like dive a little bit deeper into their why and why they want to do things this is a little bit newer for me too um, and get them to start kind of like thinking about why they actually want to do something. Yeah, that's awesome. So it's just basically asking why multiple times to try to like peel back the onion and get to like, yeah, I mean, maybe not asking like why multiple, <clears throat> multiple times, like that can be their own, like kind of like dialogue inside their head of yeah. like, you know, why do I want to go to regionals? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I want more Instagram followers. Well, why do I want more Instagram followers? Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. because you know, right. whatever right, the right. rabbit hole leads them down. I think that's right. something that they need to do on their own is like go down that rabbit hole by themselves. But if you don't have a why, then all the suffering that you're going to be doing in the sport or for, you know, health reasons is not going to have a meaning behind it. And suffering without a meaning is just, it's like void in life. It's, you're not going to be able to suffer to the extent that you need to accomplish your goals. Right. So, yeah, I think that's cool, man. Um, so apart, like with goals, what, I mean, Chris and I, we, we sometimes get this and you might as well, you might too, but what do you think about somebody who maybe gives you a goal and uh, let's say they're a competitive CrossFitter, right? Um, and they give you a goal. They're like, man, I want to, uh, want to back squat 500 pounds. And it's something that you just don't agree with. It's like, God, I just don't see the need to that. Or, you know, I don't, I don't really understand if that, if that's a good idea. What do you kind of do for people that maybe you don't agree with the goals, but it's really at the end of the day, it's not really up to you. I mean, it's, right, it's their yeah. life, right? So wh- how do you go about yeah, that? Um, well, I mean, like. If they're if if back squat five hundred pounds is like that's their a number one goal, mm-hmm. then we chase after that, right? And even if they're a, like competitive in CrossFit, like but their goal is still a like I want to back squat five hundred pounds, then we go after it. We'll put all the other stuff on maintenance, and we'll try and like uh, maintain their fitness levels while we try and drive that strength number up as high as possible. Um, if their main goal is like, hey, I want to do as well as I can in the open, or hey, I want to qualify for regionals, whatever it is, and they have a like secondary or short-term goal of like, Hey, I want to back squat 500 pounds. Then I'll be like, look, man, you already have a 455 pound back squat. Like, uh, if you take the top, you know, top 20 dudes inside the open, like, or qualifying for the open, like they're all, you know, back squatting maybe 425 pounds. Right. So like you're already strong for the sport. Like, I don't think us driving your back squat up another 50 pounds is going to get you, you know, Maybe they're like 50th in the region. The other 30 spots that you need to qualify for regionals where like, let's say 18.1, you had a score of like 390 or something Mm -hmm. like that. You know, it's like we need to drive whatever that limiter was in that workout up to get you closer to. Right. So you spend you spend the time talking to them maybe about maybe not doing it. Not, yeah, maybe yeah, not yeah. going around that. Yeah, game. yeah. And, and let's say they're really stubborn. Like, man, this is just a goal I've always had. No, I mean, I'm gonna squat this, right? I mean, I mean, and, and let's be honest. Like, it, it does happen, right? And at that point, as a coach, you kind of got to respect what they want. Hey, realistic to him is not realistic to you. So it's yeah, gotta I mean, be realistic. Look, whatever the athlete wants, the athlete gets. Right. Right. I'm gonna be there to input 
my thoughts to them and give them my thoughts. But if it's not what the athlete wants, I'm going to give the athlete what they want. And like, that's one thing that I like, um, have really been trying to like, uh, get better at and like instill as a principle with myself is like, um, you know, if the athlete wants more strength work, I'm going to give them like, Hey, maybe this isn't the best idea, but if this is what you want, let's do it. Mm -hmm. And like, let's go after it. Cause um, a part of it is like kind of making them happy, right? Like, making them happy. And like, they might get like the biggest comp, like maybe homeboy does back squat 500 pounds <laughs> yeah. and he gets the biggest oh. confidence boost he's right. ever had. Right. And he goes out and he just crushes the open this year. Like yeah, there's so much like, um, psychology that goes into it, like squatting 500 pounds, let's say, or hitting it, checking a goal off that like it could give you a huge boost in performance that I couldn't like account for. Right. So that's sweet, man. Yeah, that's good.